<laughs> Welcome to episode six of Whiteboard Wednesdays. We start off with a little joke there. Uh, wanted to give a shout out. Um, we don't often do it. We, we, we have a heavy uh, topic board this week on, uh, on uh, U.S. college coaches, but I, I really wanted to give a shout out to uh, Chris Chung, who just picked up a University of Windsor uh, job. Uh, and then shout out to our boy Terrell Vernon, who, who's going off to St. FX uh, as a head coach in waiting, um, already making his effects seen uh, on the Canadian basketball landscape. I think he's going to turn that program around, and that's going to be one to, to be reckoned with. And, um, you know, ir irregardless of what Pat says in this show today, shout out DJ Khaled for giving us one hell of a bang. <laughs> Pat, Pat only likes one song, so. It's, uh, you know, it's, uh, everyone has their opinion. It's, it's a good gym workout. I'm sure that's going to be pumping in the gym for, for, uh, weeks to come. Oh, yeah. Um, on today's topics, we're going to start off. I, I think everyone's kind of fresh off the win last night with the Raptors, but that series has turned into something worth watching. And, uh, let's just get right into it. Raptors Bucks. It's, uh, it's been a hell of a series down 0 2, come back, sneak one out in overtime, and then, and then kind of run away with one. Are the Raptors finally clicking? Uh, yeah, I, I definitely think so. Like, I think having Kawhi on the team for sure, like knowing that he's a winner, like one of the highest percentage of winning in the NBA history, like it really plays a factor. And uh, like, you, like especially like Siakam too, like he's had a hell of a year. Like, this has definitely shown a lot. Um, being being able to step up, and then the role players stepping up. I mean, there's been times, but like obviously where they haven't, but times where they did, like it really shows, like. That the chemistry is like really building and that is there. Who who's the X factor on? I mean, everyone says Kawhi, but is it is it really Kawhi? Hey, Kawhi, the, the, the kid from LA, right? I think he is. Uh, here we go. Uh, okay, well, here is it the kid that's going back to LA or staying in Toronto? Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Let's go there, because it seems like everyone that comes from LA stays in Toronto. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I think um, I mean. You know, last night, the, the biggest difference that I saw, I mean, the, the Raptors bench, the points off the bench and, mm -hmm. and Serge Ibaka, mm -hmm. his, his determination. I think he set the tone really early with his rebounding, his, yeah. his putback, his intensity level. We were finding him, though, a lot off just the, the pick and roll, and then everyone was kind of uh, gravitating towards Lowry, especially when he was penetrating, and they just saw the slip pass a lot. He was, you know, in the right place, right time. Mm -hmm. Marcus Gasol stepped up. That was good to see. Yo, finally, yeah, because finally. I, I was starting. seven, and yeah. five. You know, I... Yeah. Mm -hmm. Every time yes. Marcus Gasol touched the ball in You're game one and game two, mm -hmm. leave him wide open I yelled at the TV. <laughs> you could be my witness. Every time he touched it and shot the ball, I'm like, no! Because <laughs> it was like. I said it one time. He takes his hat and throws it across the room. Yeah. Like 10 seconds later, mommy, like, hey, why is that hat over here? <laughs> like, <laughs> threw it. I'm like, man, like, but last night, like, he, he set the tone too, knocked down a couple big threes early. It, Guys were doing it. And, and there was no load last night. I just felt like. As as good as Kyle Lowry played last night early, mm. there was no pressure at the end for yeah, him. He yeah. he got to sit, he got to relax, mm -hmm. and and Kawhi too. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I think it's uh, I think it's something where, you know, now the guys that got in for for a good four minutes last night, you know, the, the bench that's been cheering them on and stuff, now they're engaged even mm -hmm. more. They they got to play, they got to. You know, shout out Chris Boucher, who, who stepped in and jacked a three right away. That yeah. seems like it's his signature right now. And, Got to. You know, put it up. I think, I think X like Factor, Norman, Norman, man. Norman Powell. Yeah. Norman, Norman playoff foul. Yeah, he, uh, the last two games, big, biggest X Factor. Is he taking it personal, though? 
Is this is this Buck series personal for Norman Powell? I think a little bit with being like why are you personal? I, mean, I don't know the backstory by because it wasn't wasn't he wasn't overlooked. he drafted or, or, or picked up uh, by the Bucks and traded to the Raptors? I think in his rookie um, season. Can we can we check that? I, I believe he was. I, mean, I think he was a second round pick us, by the yeah. Bucks. And I think, you know, I think he deferred from it last night and saying, like, it's nothing personal, but obviously, I'm not sure. He's 46. Southern California? Milwaukee. Yeah, so I think, you know. Is he really? Yeah, he is. You San Diego, so I'm going to let it rock a little bit. Southern California, though. Him and Van Vliet, man. Even Van Vliet, they just want to win. They just want to win. They both played well. Yeah, So And just his minutes have been so, like, mixed. You know what I mean, like on uh, uh, up and down. So you know, he had his moments and he took advantage of it fully. It's 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 staying ready. Oh yeah, and absolutely. that's and that's the key. Who who wins this series? How many games? It's gonna come down to game seven. Game seven yeah. in Milwaukee. Rappers gonna have to win a game in Milwaukee, man. Well, the yeah. first team to win on the yeah, road, I think, wins. Yeah. yeah, I think if they win, I think if they win the next game, then they're gonna go. They're gonna. Yeah, go they, win, they win. I think if they go the next game, Saturday. they're going four straight. Yeah. And I'll be in Toronto with my Raptors hat and fan gear on. With his Lakers shorts underneath. <laughs> and a Canadian accent. Man, you, your Lakers can't get anything together right now. They can't even decide on, on two GMs working together, president or whatnot. I know you don't want to go there. Shaq, I mean, Shaq and Kobe won three. We was trash. Yeah. Kobe wins two. I mean, it happens. It happens you know. I hear you. Speaking of getting it right, um, Penny Hardaway at Memphis. I, I think, you know, He's rolling right now, and, and when you look at the landscape of like staying with our NBA theme uh, today, is, is this something that's a trend right now, or, or is it something? I mean, he's got the number one recruiting class in the nation right now. Mm-hmm. Is, is this something that is is going to keep going on? Uh, you know, I feel where, where Penny, does it go? I feel like Penny is two things. Um, number one, kids like him. You know, I think that's one of the biggest things that I learned from Final Four is that you know your resume can speak whatever, but Kids gotta like you, you know. Penny's attractive, you know, in terms of pause. Yeah, <laughs> he's attractive. As a, you know, he has a resume, wow. but you know, he can vibe with the young culture. And secondly, believe it or not, and I might, be, I may be wrong here, but I feel like his sneaker line has a lot to do with it, you know, because just knowing basketball, if you're a hooper, there's some stuff you just naturally are gravitated towards. Is it gonna revive it? Is it well, phone possibly like you I, know? I just mean like the pennies and yeah, like you know, like basketball players they love hip hop culture, you know. Mm-hmm. Basketball players yeah, they love the sneaker, they love sneakers. So it's like, man, you got Jordans, you know, you got, but then pennies were also in. Like, man, you got pennies. Like pennies were fire when that's they a came thing. Up. You know, pennies are a thing, and so kids obviously grew up around that, and so I think he's really well liked. You know, he fits the culture these days, and kids are gravitating towards it. Um, who does he hire? It's Kevin Garnett going to Memphis. And if he does, what impact does that have? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, can Kevin can Kevin Garnett coach college basketball, or is he too demanding? I honestly, from my past and what I've seen, I think he definitely really gels with the guys. Great, he's a great mm-hmm. mentor. You know, he's a great mentor to Minnesota guys when he's on the bench there. So I think Kevin can do a great job. Obviously, college basketball is grueling in terms of recruiting. You know, so we'll see if he's able to do that. But I think from a Ability to connect with players, I think he definitely do. Do they it. hire him? I think so. Yes. I think it has a lot more. Time. I think, yeah, and I think the fact that having Kevin Garnett on your coaching staff will gravitate right. even more kids. Like, to me, I think he could be a personal guy, pers- personable guy, um, NBA champion, NBA all star, potential Hall of Fame. Like, 
if I if I'm a recruit and like just just from seeing that, like it's definitely gonna attract my interest even more. I'd want to go. Like man, like maybe I could actually like learn something from this guy, mm-hmm. and then what shoes do they wear? Garnets or pennies? Uh, no, they're going Garnets. 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 Do you know who such and such is? A former NBA player. Do you know who this guy is? Former NBA player. And they're like, who? So I think Penny sets himself apart just because he's Penny. Like, I don't think it's one of those things. Like, yeah, it looks like a trend because he's getting everybody. But at the same time, like, kids are still kids. Like, you have to still be relevant. You got to be known. You got to be cool. You got to be swaggy. Like, so it's not just where any NBA guy can come down and kill it because there's mm-hmm. guys from the NBA who are not killing it. Mm-hmm. And, like, and, and we've seen it. Like, it's still a job to be done. Like, you still have to have the tools and the abilities and the whatever it is to do it. Now, to answer Kevin Garnett's question, I think it's 50 50 just because knowing KG, him, his, um, hearing him, not knowing him personally, but from what we all see, like, it seems like he's a, he's a leader. He's, he's a helpful. Like, he's, he's that kind of guy. Now, does he want to do the work of college basketball that it requires? And does he have the, the, the relationships built? Yeah, you would assume he's Kevin Garnett. He could walk in anybody's living room. But at the same time, I, I still think there's a business aspect to it. But Or maybe he's just Kevin Garnett, and it might just work for him. Like, who knows? Mm-hmm. He also um, fits the NBA model they got going on, though. Because yeah. they got Mike Miller. They got they had Sam Mitchell. Yeah. You know, yeah. He was in the league, so it fits that little NBA culture. I think it's 50-50, though. I mean, I think there's a lot of guys. Um, it, is Memphis the new Kentucky? Uh, Potentially. Looking at, looking at, honestly, looking at the players coming in. Factory? They ain't yeah. about to stop, that's for sure. Like, the next year's class is about to roll over. Like, they're not going to stop. I, for a bit, I think so. a huge factor, though, too, is like, is, is not just the impact that he's having, like, with, with the team, it's the community, because he's from Memphis. Yeah. So, that whole factor, as well, is playing, I think, a huge role in just how he's doing and, and just the, the, the change. And he talks about just the, the pride that Tiger fans have, and the they're just they're they're dying right now for a contender and i think yeah. that you know he's kind of finally coming to his own and he was talking about just the difference between you know the style of coaching with nba to versus college and i think you know touching on that kevin garnett thing as well i think it'd be a huge positive just the factor you have so many young guys coming in and, and especially us as coaches we you know sometimes get too hot over the fact about guys not being intense enough or, or, or going hard enough mm-hmm. i think kevin garnett will just bring that that it factor for them. Absolutely. And even as far as, like you said, community. Yeah. So, like, he's doing the job. Like, he checks yeah. boxes. Like, mm-hmm. I think Memphis has a deal with FedEx Farm as far as using their facility. Like, if they don't sell X amount of tickets, they got to pay the rest of whatever the money is. Like, Penny's selling out arenas, season mm-hmm. ticket holder. Like, Next year's gonna be wild. FedEx Farm yeah. is about to be ri- ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So, as far as doing that stuff, fundraising, community, and all that, like, he can. There. He can sit on the FedEx Farm steps and serate <laughs> yeah, awesome. every day. So we talk that. we talk about Penny Hardaway uh, at Memphis and and you know keeping with that that kind of trend right now, um, still open is the Michigan job. Does Jawan Howard jump in that job and become the next coach at Michigan? I mean, you you look last night on Twitter. <laughs> You know, you got some good endorsement deals. No yeah. one wants to answer, yeah, but no, was, you look, you got LeBron James, Jalen Rose, D. Wade, all tweeting out that he's he's their guy. Like, yeah, yeah. put him as the head coach in Michigan. Yeah. And and really and truly, does he have the same impact on that Michigan program that Penny has in Memphis? I, I think just, the f- like, and a quick factor of just, and you said it before we even started, just that fat five. 
part of the team, part of the uh, part of the culture before, and I, I think if he comes back, kind of more or less, bring back I guess that grit that they had and that that style, the swagger that we were talking about with Penny. I think that bringing him back would kind of resurface, you know, who they are as a program. Now, now Jalen Rose endorsing Jawan Howard is that big, or how big is that? I think that's huge, just for the fact that you know Jalen Rose is a Michigan great, you know, and so and that was his former teammate. So I think that's huge because Jalen Rose is respected, you know, in Ann Arbor. And I guess and like Pat saying, like something to be said when a, when a coach has worn that jersey before. It's a total different conversation, mm -hmm. you know. Right off the yeah. bat, the players know that you know all your intentions are for a right reason. Like you, you literally love that place, you know. So it's like that's a huge factor right there. And like I said, Jalen Rose is a Michigan great, so I know I wouldn't be surprised if you know he ends up on his staff someday. Does Does LeBron James stamp of endorsement of saying you know put him there help? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think it does. Just because like his impact in the NBA already, like, and I like you could tell that like in my in my opinion, like from seeing um, Blesso getting the max contract, Tristan getting the black max contract, and uh, just him like voicing his opinion and being out there, I feel like that definitely played sort of a factor in you know them getting that. And I think with LeBron uh, co-signing Jawan, like it is going to put him over the top. Like, and it's crazy, he, LeBron's co stand was different. Like I remember when Shabazz Napier came out of UConn. So what 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 is needed to get this done, Jawan Howard? You need Michael Jordan to say, <laughs> you know, let's get it done. He, they're wearing my my stuff there. It's, it's a Jordan school. Let, no, let's I make this I, happen. I, I, I think it'd be I done probably by the time this, this podcast is over. I, think <laughs> I really do. I think <laughs> and I mean, if you look at college basketball, like colleges, it seems though, it seems as though. Universities love bringing back their own. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. like a lot is of is that the trend right now? Like, yeah, a lot of starting to see like it. Always yeah. get their first crack at their former spot. Yeah. Like, it's, I think it's just one of those like un unwritten uh, rules, unwritten like boxes that just gets checked. It's like I ain't got to worry about whether he's all in or whether he right. gets it or understands it. Like, mm -hmm. what it's like to live here. Like, that's it's, it's checked. Like, you you know, you're theirs. So so off our predictions and 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 right back on on to coaching still. Uh, Jerry Stackhouse at Vanderbilt. Bringing in ex NBA players' sons, he's got there who? He's got Scotty Pippen's uh, kid, yeah. point guard, yeah. Kenny Martin. Kenny Martin, that kid's a beast. Is, so. is is that a big hire for Vanderbilt? Is, I, is 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 that impact on the same level of of Jawan Howard if he ends up at Michigan, Penny Hardaway at Memphis? Is, is he going to be able to turn that Vanderbilt program around? They were really down this year. Mm -hmm. I think I think he'll turn it around a bit more than Juwan Howard could. And and no and not knocking Juwan Howard, but Juwan Howard was more behind the scenes, and Jerry Sackhouse was more in front, head coaching, mm -hmm. uh, especially with nine oh five and winning. They they yeah. won they won with yeah. him, correct? Mm -hmm. So I think just that that factor alone is he's already had that feel as a head coach. He's you know it's 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 been there for a bit now. I think that that will have a, a huge a huge impact in comparison to Juwan Howard. He'll make that adjustment a bit quicker, I feel. I think he'd be fine on the fact that Vanderbilt was, I mean, they were they were down. Like, we know how down they were, <laughs> so they were down. But, and I don't think they would be that, that down again. Like, he literally has to win, what, one SEC game next year to technically be better than they were this past year? <laughs> so, so, Theoretically, like, yeah. In, th in theory. So, in I theory. mean, I think they're going to be fine. Like, he's Jerry Stackhouse. He's... His like his staff shows that he kind of knows what he's doing. He didn't come just bring yeah. the entire NBA with him. Like yeah. he hired David Grace, who's been in our gym and recruited a lot of our kids, mm -hmm. um, who really knows what he's doing. Um, so I, I think they're going to be fine. And he brings a how many like, how many games they win next year? Vanderbilt conference play. 
Overall. Overall. They're going to get about 15. 15. So anything north of 15 is, is success? Below 15? Questionable? I, I or? just think there's no question. Jerry Stackhouse has an unbelievable job at Vandy. You know, it's from the staff he's hired, like Jay said. So I think even his first year, like give or take, I think he's going to get 15. But I think even if he doesn't, I don't think it's going to be a panic button being hit because I think down the road, you know, he's able to get recruits. He's well-connected. He was an NBA All-Star at one point. So he's going to get it done. I just think it's a great hire overall. I, I'm going to th- I'm gonna throw one more thing back in here. Sorry, you had talking about Vanderbilt? No, I was just saying, I think they win about eight games. They're going to be looking at him like, got this thing going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's going to look good, you know. Yeah. we got to turn around. What does, does Rick Pitino get back in this game, guys? Mm-hmm. At, at what point, how many years have to pass? Does he ever get back into college basketball? What? What's your thought process on that? Man. I'm not even sure. It just depends on, like, how much of a, for lack of words, grudge the NCAA will hold against him. I mean, like, he, he, he has had an impact in the game. And then, I mean, he's a national champion, has brought in a lot of top recruits to Louisville. Does but, he go back to the NBA first? Mm, I, could see, just see that. I could definitely later. see that. Kind of go there, let 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 it let it work out, and then come back. And I just threw that one in there with with no prep, but mm-hmm. it's it's a name that keeps floating around in, in terms of like high profile jobs, and and he's pretty flamboyant type of guy. And yeah. and I thought, you know, no disrespect to TJ at UNLV, I thought if you were going to bring him back in college basketball, you bring him back in in Las Vegas, but that could have been hectic. No, I think um, there's I think there's eighties all over the country that would love to hire Patino. You know, I think there's '80s that would love to make that phone call, but just for, just for the, I mean, just for the still too fresh. Exactly mm-hmm. for the media and you know the backlash they might get. No one's budging, but there's definitely '80s out there that would it be a no-brainer bring Patino back. You know, yeah. but I think it's more so how it's gonna look for the media. Yeah, I mean, you, you just need the pecking order to be so in line with one of the like you kind of like, hey, boss is cool, and his boss is like, hey, boss is cool, like, and I think yeah. it's just one of those like, this is just really fresh, like we just said. That's it. Uh, of the three schools we talked about, Memphis, Michigan, Vanderbilt, who has the best season? Who? Michigan, Vanderbilt, who? Memphis. 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 Yeah, Memphis. Memphis. How far do they go? Elite eight, at least. Elite eight? At least. If Penny uh, can figure it out, which I think he is, you know, that's an elite eight squad for sure. You know, so we're, we're saying elite eight. I'll, I'll say talent I'll say talent That's, that's yeah. what I said. He figures uh, it out. I mean, you, you look at Kentucky. You look at Kentucky. Long. How far did Kentucky go? Like, that's this year's. Sweet 16. Sweet 16? Sweet 16. Somewhere around there. So we're saying that Memphis was in the exact same spot. I mean, you look at Duke, who was in the exact same spot with the number one recruiting class, Kentucky, in the years past. Have they gone to the Final Four Elite Eight? And, and, And does just having the number one recruiting class guarantee you of that? Uh, Especially with the tournament, nothing's guaranteed. Yeah. I've seen too much like is, upsets. Is, is their conference a big factor? See, when, I, when I you look at Memphis's conference, like, they're gonna have a really good conference year. Yeah, mm-hmm. because it's it's the American Americans like right to so Kentucky. It's not like the SEC. Yeah, America's a really good conference. Let's not get it twisted. Like it's really really good. But SEC is a different type of deal. And it's like I was reading a tweet the other day. I think like eight of the. However, means good SEC. Like eight of them done been to the Sweet Sixteen. Coaches done been to the Sweet Sixteen already. Yeah. And I think Calipari does it. Like I think he has that as far as handling all the talent he gets. He does a really good job of handling his talent. Mm-hmm. In which Penny hasn't shown that he can handle this much talent yet. He like, and that's the day he can't do it. He just hasn't shown it. So for me to say, oh, they're a Final Four national championship team, 
Nah, I don't know because it's still a team game. Like that, they have the talent for sure to win the whole thing, talent wise. But as far as handling and maintaining that talent, like they hold That's team, like they have five yeah. dudes in the league next year. Is is um is college basketball in terms of recruiting? When we talk about the number one recruiting class, is is it a three horse race when, when we're talking now? Is it is it Memphis, Kentucky, Duke? Or, or who are the players when you're looking at, like, continuously having that number one class? Who, who's it going to be when you guys project out in the next, you know, one, three, five years? It, it, is it continue to just be a three-horse race, or, or does someone else jump in there? Who's kind of that next appealing location? Well, I think it was always the Blue Bloods, and I think it's always going to be the Blue Bloods in there. You know, just because they've done it for the past decade, and they're going to do it for a decade to come, mm-hmm. as long as Coach K and Coach Cal and Bill Self and Roy Williams are in the mix. But from this point forward, Memphis is going to be in there. And there's just no question, just because of things we talked about, you know, Penny Hardaway's ability to relate to players, you know, just what he's able to have done. Memphis is going to be in every top recruit's consideration, no question. So would that be... just took a Coach K recruit. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, with that being said, how long does Penny Hardaway last in college basketball then? That's crazy. I don't think the same thing. You know, you know are, are we talking in that in that ballpark of three to five? We're talking about Penny Hardaway being the next Grizzlies head coach, coach of the Memphis Grizzlies or somewhere else in the NBA. I mean, you, you got to look at it. You, you got you got some high-profile coaches jumping. Jim Beeline, uh, or John Beeline, sorry, jumping from Michigan to the NBA. Is this something that Penny Hardaway, in terms of like bringing some of these college guys up, and now all of a sudden make a jump to the NBA? He's got that relationship. He's got the experience under his belt, the X and O's, the plane. Yeah. Is, is it something we're looking at that this is maybe a little bit shorter lived than than what we're projecting out at Penny Hardaway, or is it something where we're talking about the Penny Hardaway coaching tree? You know, years down the road of what he's created under him, I, I think that's going to be interesting. Honestly, because when you think about it, like a lot of kids he got right now are his kids. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like James Wiseman played his program. Alex Lomax played him. Like Tyler Harris is from Memphis, who was filling it up this past year. And Tyler Harris, I seen that live, and he's a basket, so I know what that looks like. And he bring all the other like those kids. Those are his kids. So right. to think that like he was like, hey, like we gonna flip this, and I'm going to the league, and y'all gonna we gonna make it work, like. Dang, I don't think that's a wild thing to think of. Mm-hmm. But I think if he gets this thing rolling, you know, if he really gets this thing rolling, I think, you know, this this may be it for him. I mean, he's from Memphis, you know. He, I think his job's only going to get easier in terms of, you know, it's an easier recruit because he starts winning, you know. So you see Coach K's been there for 20-plus years. Roy's been there mm-hmm. for 20-plus years. Self's been there for, how many years been there for? A long time. A long time. 14 <laughs> straight Big 12. I mean, so he was at 15, 16 years. He did get started at ORU, by the way. Shout out to all my ORU people. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, you you no, may no. as well give your Washington <laughs> shot. No, no. Y'all beat a lot of people on so, on the recruiting trail with this Washington Daniels, boy. So this start at ORU, but you know I think he's gonna get this thing rolling. You, you want to shout out Humber? Yeah, shout out. Yeah. Come on, let's go. Shout, shout out UDC. <laughs> let's go. Come on. Here we go. So uh, everyone getting their little digs in. Had at UDC this year, lit in DC at the game. <laughs> <laughs> he's getting all the love. They running out. I'm like, bro. <laughs> Had the humble when we left, like, well, you ain't nobody. Well, that, you know, <laughs> it, it's, it's funny that you, you lead into that because, you know, we, we, we talk about super fans. And, uh, you know, we, we were, I, I was joking about Nav Badia, the, the Raptor super fan, because, you know, in, in let's say, game, what was it, three? Three. You know, first, he first yeah. no, I, that's when I first noticed. He started out with what looked like a little hanky in his hand, and he'd throw it up while they're shooting free throws, and it, Floats back down, and last night I saw him with the biggest towel 
throwing it up, waving around. He, he had to walk around the cameraman to get in position to try to distract the shooters last night. So, I mean, how, how far does this super fan thing go in terms of what, what's happening here in Toronto? You, you see Drake getting up and massaging coaches' shoulders and, you know, running up and down the sidelines, giving high fives and high-stepping like it's a reggae concert. And it's, right. you know, is this thing wild here right now? Is it, is it about to get out of control in I, I, terms I think, of... I think a little bit because we've never actually been there. Mm-hmm. Even right now, even right now, like uh, conference finals, you know, people are, uh, <laughs> we're, as a fan base, we're in our feelings, period. Whether we're winning or we're losing, doesn't matter. You know, I think going down 0-2, I think everyone kind of wrote it off like, wow, we're about to get swept. And then we win one game, a little bit of hope. We win this game, oh, we're winning the series. We lose the next game, watch, all of a sudden momentum's going to change and people are going to think that exactly what it was when you, we were you down see to oh my god we about to be in the nba finals and and i think if you look back I, you know I, I said i said right at the beginning of this season and and i predicted that the raptors were going to go to the finals and i said it was going to be against golden state or houston and and in my heart i really felt like it was going to be houston um but i mean the raptors going to the nba finals and if you look back just before all-star break i think it may have been chuck or, or one of those, the TNT guys that predicted that the Raptors were going to go to the, the finals. Chuck, Chuck loves And him. he loves Toronto. Yeah. You, you see him last night in, in, in all that he's doing. And, and I only see it after because, I mean, I watched the game on TSN. Shout out Leo Routens and, and our TSN <laughs> boys. But, uh, you know, that, that's big for basketball to have um, those guys really stamping and endorsing the Toronto Raptors and, and, and kind of pushing it home and, and helping spark yeah. that fan base down Even there. watching the game yesterday, they it was like a Lakers game. Mm-hmm. Terrell Owens was there, uh, Nazem Kadri, they had obviously Drake, um, Timberland was there. Like, they were showing it, like, you yeah. know, after the TV timeouts. Jamal kind of Murray. Yeah, Jamal Shout Murray. Like, there were so, so many people there. It was, TSN. Like, it was crazy. I think it's, Toronto's become that, uh, that they, they said, uh, Hollywood North or North Hollywood, whatever it was. I mean, the only thing that can make this more live than what it is, yeah, go- <laughs> yeah. cheering for the wrong team, right? Yeah. But, um, and, and that's funny how that came about because, you know, didn't he put in a song that he can't cross the border and yeah. he had to hit up Drake and the guiding right. So, you know, you, you look at that and, and, you know, does, does Drake, if we go to the NBA Finals, Golden State, does Drake fire up the Jet? And, and head to Oakland for every game. Absolutely, absolutely. Does he? Absolutely. Oh, I wouldn't yes. doubt it. And, yeah? and you'll see. Yes. And you'll see super fan with him too, probably. That's probably how so, I fly right now. So who's, 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 who's Drake's biggest competition when it comes to the Golden State Warriors? Who Who's their guy? E forty. E forty and mm-hmm. Guy Fieri. No. Guy Fieri. E forty. E forty is like my. Guy Fieri, man. E forty is my era. Like Brandon's Yo, looking Katie like who the hell's E forty? Like I know. I know E forty. E40 probably has more hip hop albums than anyone the alive. Na- you see the, remember the dance really from the last playoffs? <laughs> Who, um. <laughs> Yo, oh my god. What about the, the, Warriors, the Warriors Blazer series, though? Yo, uh, last night I heard an interesting stat, and, and I'm going to be off a little bit on the numbers, I think, unless Mark wants to pull it up. But Portland led for 125 minutes total in the series, and Golden State only led for 80 minutes and swept them four games straight. Well, always yeah, and so, this, and, yeah. and so when you look at that, it's like it's they peak on was... at the right time in every game, and you start to see it. And and no disrespect to KD, I think this Golden State Warriors team is better without KD because the ball moves more and there's more chemistry. And I'm and I'm not taking anything away. KD, one of the best players in the game, 
I think he goes to New York. I think he signs with the Knicks, and I think he he makes them relevant again mm-hmm. with with that that style of basketball. But in in terms of how Golden State plays, you look at are we seeing a new Draymond Green? Are are we seeing a a, a revised or a revitalized Steph Curry? Are are we seeing guys now? You know, all of a sudden we're seeing Jordan Bell playing more. We're seeing guys that won championships there. That that all played their part. Is everyone Let's falling Quinn, in line Quinn right Cook's now? Cook's been getting a lot of minutes too. Mm-hmm. Like that 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 shot. Doing well in backup. I mean, I mean, they went four straight. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think Without we still gotta like not forget that they like were winning titles before KD got there. Of Number course. one, yeah. absolutely. So yeah, yeah. Steph, yeah, Steph, Clay, and Draymond, and they had all these other pieces. But they weren't. They, in my opinion, they were not peaking. They were not. The, the flow wasn't there. The fear wasn't there anymore. It was like, okay, if we stop KD. You know, Steph has only taken eight shots, and it's just there wasn't a threat at every position. It was like load up on one guy and let everyone else try to beat us. And you look at how Houston played them. That I mean, they swept Portland playing the right way. They struggled with Houston playing the other way. I think I think the Clippers gave. Them the I mean, the Clippers. Time. Look at the Clippers. I think the Clippers gave them the hardest. The Clippers time. gave them the hardest time of anyone. Yeah, but like if you tell them the words like put your best defensive team out there, KD would be in it. You said put your best offensive dangerous team out there, KD would be in it. Like they just play basketball the right way and they do it so well and they've done it for so long together. Does that even KD not being there? Does anyone stamp really be. does anyone stamp the fact that this Golden State team is better without KD if Golden State wins a championship? No, I don't think you can say that. So so KD has to leave. KD has to leave and Golden State has to win next year again to say they're better? I don't think that's or a fair it's assessment. never going to be discussed. I don't think that's a fair assessment. Because when he played without him, they won. When they played with him, they won. Uh-huh. Like you can, and then you can match it up and say, like. Well, so then he's not a factor. But then my thing is this. So then how well, he's not a factor is like. Now his value can what, be. What's the points per game with KD and without KD right now? And what's Steph, Clay, and Draymond's averages without KD? Are they all better? I think at the end of the day they're gonna win regardless. My thing is this. So so they beat the Raptors. So <laughs> they beat the Raptors. No no no, not just to play. They're gonna like they win basketball games regardless. Yeah. Right. My thing is this: it's obviously it's hard to win a ring at any level, but how valuable is KD's championship rings? That's like what, what, like how valuable are his rings? Because knowing that they would have got it oh, without that, him. I absolutely agree with you. And he you know, he came on the roster and he ended up getting one anyways. But if he if he wasn't there, they would have had a ring regardless. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like how valuable are KD's rings? That's the biggest thing that I think I've read about recently. But, who, but who's to say they win without KD though? That's I don't think they've done it before. They're going. They've done it they, before. They, now they they're doing it right now. Mm-hmm. See this now. They're getting this. Now, is this, this done? This is, why, this is this done? Mike, Mike. Is the Golden State era done after this? No. 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 As long Absolutely as Clay, Stephen, Draymond on that team. Yeah, 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 exactly. As long as that core stays together, they're not done. Yeah. And my thing is, uh, when they beat the work, when they beat the Cavs the first time, mm-hmm. it was LeBron. They won four two. LeBron shot some trash in game one. He could have just rimmed it. and They lost. Kyrie goes out. Doesn't play the rest of the series. Brian wins another game. They lose 4-2 without Kyrie. It's just LeBron. No Kyrie. They, mm-hmm. they lose 4-2. Next year, Kyrie and LeBron wins with a full team. Then it gets, what, blown up the next year after that? Or, no, they, or they get KD. Mm-hmm. They get KD, and KD wins. So does, now, in my mind, Brian by himself lost 4-2, had Kyrie, and he won one. Then the Warriors got KD and beat Brian and Kyrie. So who's to say that the Warriors beat Brian and Kyrie again? Without KD. Uh-huh. 
It's not. It's not. So it's to, in my well, mind, you, you it's not a guaranteed that, thing. You didn't get that justice to see that series play out. Yeah, like it's not justice yeah. to say like yeah. if KD wasn't there, like they would still win. I don't think they would still win because LeBron won four two. Well, lost four two. Then he had Kyrie and they won the whole thing. And then they added KD and then KD didn't win. But that's so the funny thing. And then Draymond also went down in that series though. Yeah. Yeah. For, be, for be, he, yeah, because he got suspended. He, you know, he can get hurt. He oh, I'm just saying he wasn't playing. Yeah. Like, but KD and Draymond is more than talent. series. That's emotion. That's leadership. So let's reverse this. We, we were talking, Katie, if Draymond is out of this series or, or in the playoffs and Katie's still At least there, those past couple what, games. Is know? it a sweep in Portland still? No. Probably. I don't think Honestly, don't think as so. crazy Probably. as it might sound. Draymond had yeah, two back-to-back triple-doubles. No, Draymond's very valuable. It's just, it's, so yeah. has, it's just has, different. Has Draymond's leadership not changed since KD went down? Yes. I think Draymond's been Draymond a long time. I think it's more profound now because KD's not there. But do yeah. we not see a huge but difference in, in, in how he's acting? Yeah, he's not complaining about his post. Yeah. Yeah. You guys yeah. see his yeah. post yeah. interview where he was talking he about? He that. says, like, the character I'm seeing out there, I'm disgusted with. He said that. Quite frankly, and I know what I'm doing. But at what point did that change? I think that was just a self-awareness. Just this momentum shift of this series. Yeah. The last two back to back games. He said something about his son's side. Something about his son. His mom. Well, his it was, mom. It was, his mom. It, it his was mom and terrible. his wife. His it, mom and his wife were paging him. I mean, in, in, in reality, it was it was really terrible. And it became so bad that the NBA and the NBA referees allowed it to happen because they said that's just his character. But if anyone else ever acted how he was acting, they'd be gone in every game. Fine. And you start to see it. Like, they went through. I mean, Golden State went through a time where I think referees hated refing their games. Let, 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 you know, you're seeing Steph Curry be ejected. You see KD get ejected. You see Draymond get ejected. You were seeing them yeah, especially complaining so many, about so everything. All-stars, they're all they're not doing balls. it anymore. Yeah. Right, right, now they're hooping. They're, they're putting four quarters together mm-hmm. and hooping. So they're, they're very good. They're, that's like a top – that's a top five ever NBA team, bro. Yes. Like, and they have the two – arguably the two best shooters to ever touch a ball. On one team, bro, and they play the game the right way. They play the game that like that coaches love Who, to who's watch. Who's the two? See. Steph, Steph, obviously. Steph and Clay. Clay. Clay? Clay. Clay. Well, I, I'm I'm not gonna go with Clay, but I, I definitely give you. Steph. If I had, if I had ever in the history yeah, of NBA, if I had one basketball to be shot, like just a straight up catch and shoot, shooting it, Clay is shooting it before Steph is in no, my mind. Not me. I'm what? Gi- I'm giving Who? the ball to what? Clay. I'm giving you the ball to Steph. You for sixty and twelve dribbles. Hey. He went for right. 60 and 12 dribbles in 48 no, I, minutes. He just, I get it. As far as just a catch and shoot. Hey, I'm just saying Clay overall shit. impact. Clay 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 is a layup. So, so who's your top two? <laughs> Me? Yeah. Uh, definitely Steph, number one yeah. in, in the history. And then, I mean, you got you got to look at probably two other guys that go back a little bit. Ray Reggie Allen. Miller, Ray, Ray, Ray Allen. Allen. Reggie mm-hmm. even, even to an Ray extent, Del Curry is one of the better three-point shooters in the yeah. NBA History, so I, I'm going. I'm probably going Shit, with Ray Steve Allen or or Reggie Miller to be truthful. Before I went with, with Clay because of their overall impact to the game, not just shooting. Now, obviously, the shooting well, yeah. is on I mean, par, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, I I would go with one of them first. Like if I had truthfully. somebody to shoot from Miles' family's lineage, Clay Thompson shoot this ball, please. I, I'm giving it to Steph because his shit. He, he he'll go up in the stands and hit that for me. And my lineage will keep going as far as that ball is out there. So <laughs> Clay's not missing fast. Every time Clay lets the ball go, I think it's going in, bro. Yeah. Like, and I'm, that's how I'm, I feel I'm about Steph. Misses, bro. Steph has perfected bad shots. No, that's facts too. Like 
He could be dribbling backwards, turn around and jack it, and that is, you feel like it's going in no matter what. Yeah, but, that, that, but that'd be like bad shots. I mean, yeah. Um, that's I mean, what makes like him the say, best. Like bad shots, it's like, then you watch a Trey Young video, like he actually practices the stuff he be making. Yeah, I think they all so do. Like, we say bad, bad shots. Bad shot for me. Like, I work on my stuff. That's like, my normal know, shot. Like, all right, last last thing. We, we talked about Raptors super fans. We talked about Drake. We talked about, uh, you know, the, the Raptors' number one fan. Um, this game, we, we, we go to Milwaukee on Thursday. Raptors win that game. Saturday night, downtown Toronto is about to be crazy in terms of mm-hmm. Jurassic Park. Um, we're going to add a little thing here. Odds are, and, and, and <laughs> I, I know... Manny is is really super <laughs> excited about going downtown on Saturday and partying. So we, we, we had a little talk before the show started about odds are and, and explained to it. So I, I'm going to go back to it because Jeremy ruined my odds are last time. And, and I'm going to go back to Manny. Odds are... Hold up. Uh, just explain to some of the viewers that don't know what odds are. What's odd, so we're going to do this every show, but odds are is basically I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dare Manny to do something and give him an opportunity to pick what his odds are. We both, on the count of three, say what we think it is. So if it's between one and ten, and we both say five, Manny has to do what I dare him to do. No matter what. No matter what. No matter what. And if he and doesn't, he can't come back on the, the show. You're expelled, dismissed, and ejected from the show. I'm sure but, behind the scenes, so, you, so if you're going to steal the game, the, the odds change on the severity. So if you say, like, hey, you got to drink a bottle of hot sauce, it shouldn't be 1 through 5, bro. They got to be, like, 1 through 50 or something crazy. Yeah. Hot sauce? That, that's a 1 in 5. That's a 1 in 5. That's a 1 in 5. You said a bottle of hot sauce, a bottle of hot sauce 1 in 5? You're you crazy. That's easy. 1 in 2. Yeah, yeah. All right, so the odds are here. Is that if the Raptors win and the game, the series the is on the line Saturday night, <laughs> odds are you go down to Jurassic Park with no shirt on for the entire night oh, with shoot. Raptors painted across your chest. He's been working. He's been working out. He all right. He's good. He's good. <laughs> I'm more worried about how cold I'm gonna be. It might be a little nippy. Yeah. <laughs> So, well, how do you total? Like, so one, one and what? One, 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 one in what do you think here? It's like, that's a one in ten. A one in ten. Daring! Daring! Daring at 10 of 6. That's good. Here we go. No, no, no. There's yeah, no debate. It. It's one in ten. Here we go. Count us down. We both have to say it. On He's going to go three, two, one, and we both have to say it. All right. You have your number? He's going to be sick, bro. Yeah. All right. Ready? One in ten. Three, two, one. Four. Oh! We'll have to I'm come back to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was a bully. I think this was one of the more active the shows we had. The odds are really be lit. Oh, that's yeah. crazy. We'll, we'll come back with it. We, we might have to do some on-site odds are once we're down there. Oh, yeah. And uh, what, what's this? Some questions. Some questions? Yeah. Should all the best... AAU teams in Canada play each other? Hell yeah, bring it on. Let's go. I'm ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm I all like about that. it. Like, I like tell that. me who you want us so to play, and we're in there. We got Bounce, Canada League, Brookwood. You play Brookwood. Make a super Grass- series. Northern Kings. Put it all downtown, and let's hoop. We can really catch the fade, though. Like, I'm really with that. We'll yeah. live stream it. Make sure the college coaches can watch the live stream. And if everyone's in, we're in. 
Let's make that happen. And and, and we did. Truthfully, we we, we did a, a small event over the last couple of years with with Northern Kings and Canada Elite. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Black, um, Black and, and well, not even that. We we did one at Henry Carr yeah. a couple of years ago, oh, where yeah. it was kind of like a a pre July event. Um, and then we did another one last year down at Ryerson uh, with with Northern Kings and, and Canada Elite. Where I remember that. I remember that. again, it was like a pre-July event. So I mean, that's the time where right now there's kind of a lull between May and and July. So the beginning of July ish, and and again, some guys, some teams are going to be missing some dudes that are playing on the national team that don't get back and things mm -hmm. like that. But if everyone's about it, it's it's either beginning of July or or end of July after after uh, you know Augusta, mm -hmm. and and let's make it happen. So if if they out there watching, we about it. I'll put, I'll put our guys up against anyone, and I'm sure they'll say the exact same thing. And, and Toronto needs this, and we got to do a better job here in Toronto protecting our basketball brand, um, and not let let different factors tear this shit apart. Because we we've all, irregardless of all our differences, we've all worked too hard to build this brand in Toronto, from every single component, and and irregardless of shoe shoe sponsorship or, or shoe affiliation. It needs to happen just for, for for the culture in Toronto, mm -hmm. right? yeah, yeah, for 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 companies, for sponsors, for exposures, yeah, for kids, yeah. for everybody to be a part of. We we need to have a huge event that everyone gets behind, and, and there's no there's no BS uh, in regards mm -hmm. to it. And and last year was a great event, and the year before Henry Carr was a great event. So if if, if people are about it, let's make it happen. Mm -hmm. Was there another question in there? Or? Mm -hmm. I think I think that's a great question. Who who had that question as well? Let's Gavin two point Gavin two point So great uh, question. So then we got another question from our man Ante. <laughs> Bounce family, what up? Uh over aggressive coaching is over aggressive coaching beneficial to players or do they not respond well? It all that that it's a vague <laughs> question just because like everybody's different. Like there's kids that will respond well to that and there's other kids that will shut down. And um, just just from my experience, and then just from also coaching too, like I've seen kids like respond well through like like getting on them like, hey, you, like you gotta pick this shit up, da da da. And then other kids like you'd say that to them, they, they shut, shut down. down and they turn over the ball, can't shoot well, can't dribble it off their foot, all that kind of stuff. So it just depends on the kind of kid. I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here with with a quick answer because. Um, obviously, through this AAU season, um, I kind of—I'm not going to say I step back, but I kind of—I I let TV take over our 17s, and and you know I'm playing like an assistant coach role. But the reason that I really like doing that right now is is to look at different styles, and and, and I've learned a lot in, in watching how he coaches. A from a personality standpoint. But to, to answer that question in regards to overgress, I, I think, you know, your style is your style. You got to recruit players that, that fit into that style. But at the same time, I think the culture has changed so much that you have to sit back and you have to give targets and goals and let the kids work themselves into figuring out how they could achieve those targets and goals. And once in a while, maybe just have to go in with a, a reinforcement. Uh, in in how you can get your team to respond, just to recalibrate or put them back on the track. But I don't think it has to be every play, every pass, every timeout, every and and that's that's probably the biggest thing I learned this year with, with TV uh, through the summer was was we've taken some timeouts and we didn't say anything. The kids talked. Mm -hmm. The kids. 
coached themselves. The kids held each other responsible for for what our, our our game plan and our goal was. And and sometimes the most impactful things are the things not said, but the actions that are showing. And when they can hold each other accountable, you know you're doing a good job as a coach. Right. And and only jump in to keep that you know flowing and and, and on the track. So I, I don't think. I don't think the new culture of kids is someone that you could just keep on, 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 on. I think it's it's you got to give them some freedom and flexibility, um, but at the same time, give them the barriers that that they have to work in between and let them let them kind of run with uh, that. Those some great points, but just to add to that, you know, I believe you can coach them as hard as you know they know you love them. Yeah. You know, I believe with the culture now, our relationship has to be built first before you coach them hard. Mm -hmm. You can't meet a kid just yesterday and then try to get on him because he's not going to respond. But if you built that connection and they know you love them, you coach them as hard as you want. And I think the biggest example we've seen was with Coach Izzo this year. You know, a very controversial clip came out where, you know, he's getting on his players, but Mm -hmm. the players respond because they know that Izzo loves them. He's built that relationship with them. They don't take it personal, you know, and even um, the kid that got interviewed after, he's like, man, like, that's all I love. Like, you know, so... You coach them as hard as you want, but they got to know that you love them first and the relationship's already built prior to. Yeah, it's a, it's a trust. Yeah. It's a trust. It's, it's one thing to recruit kids, and it's another thing to build that trust in those kids. Um, I, I think it's, uh, you know, that's a great question. And yeah, and for, for Ante, who, who asked that question, he's a young coach coming up. I, I think it's it, it's it's valuable to, to understand and and. I think all of us as coaches and mentors and, and leaders in the community, I think everyone needs to look in the mirror and, and understand who and what you are and what it is that we're really trying to get across to these young young men growing up and, and young children growing up. Um, we're teaching them basketball, but we're teaching them life skills using basketball yeah, yeah, as course. a method. And if it's only about basketball, we're not doing our job. We're not doing our job and we're not preparing them for the other 99% of things that are going to happen in their life. So I think we all have to look in the mirror and understand who and what we are. I've changed a lot in my coaching style over the years. You know, I'll yell a lot and, and, and encourage a lot. And, and you know, there's times where, you know, you have to get in a timeout and, and really give it to them. But compared to where I was, where I wanted to kind of manipulate and, and, and handle every single play, it can't happen like that anymore. It's just not that style. And, and Pat grew up playing for me. So he and Ante grew up playing for me. So they know, you know, it was, you, you know, back then it was you got fear of losing. You you got to fear of losing because the next practice is gonna be hell. It, it, it's you're gonna work your butt off, and and you're gonna be held and challenged to to not lose again. Don't touch a goddamn basketball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, great points, uh, Mark. Any anything come across your way? Anything there? Um, Thanks for the research and, and, and hitting us up, Mark. And we have a new addition uh, to our team for the summer. Hey, hey, Jack, Jack. <laughs> what, what, what exactly is your role and, and, and what are you doing for the summer here? The microphone, okay. Um, I guess just kind of interning, marketing, communications, PR stuff. Just helping around, learning. They sound like Ronda. They don't know what she's doing. Yeah, they hand was off. She was off on the side. You know, Mark, Mark, it's funny because we need to reverse film this thing and and show this way because Mark got something jury rigged up there. It looks like some out of space. uh, (laughs) 
extraterrestrial uh, machine over there. But uh, anyways, guys, I, I, I thank you, and, and I can't wait to come back next week. And, and hopefully this time next week we're talking about the Raptors and, and Golden State in the NBA yeah. Finals, which is huge for basketball here in, in, in Toronto. And, and truthfully, I really believe it's huge for, for the NBA. I really think that a Toronto Golden State final, at least from my perspective, is a lot more appealing than a than a Milwaukee Golden State final. I think it's it's bigger for the NBA. I think just in sense of the cities, right? In top, well, sorry, yeah, more or less, Golden State, your LA top two. The, the only bad part about it is, is we're, we're going to be coming in here like zombies in the morning with those midnight finishes. and Because oh, we got 10.30 games. We yeah, got 10.30 yeah, start games here in, in Toronto. And then on the flip side, too. you really look at the, the people from California. They're going to be watching that at like 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, I'm so used like, to like that's doing crazy. stuff after a game. Like, yeah. Yeah, we go after the game. We go after the game. Bro, the game ain't over until 1.30 in the morning. Man, you want to sleep. Like, it's over Good. with. Like that's that's, that's really true. Kind of different. It just when you when you're out in LA or on that West Coast, you feel like the days you, you could get so much more into a day for some reason, and it's and it's long. it's like that. You watch, you know, I I was out there. You watch a Raptors game, and it's on at four o'clock in the afternoon, and by six you could go to a restaurant and have dinner, and you just feel like, oh my god, my day just got a whole lot longer. Because usually after a Raptors game, you're like, man, I'm gonna oh, yeah, yeah. have a snack and get so ready for bed to, type of deal. So. I remember coming home from school, like coming home from school, like school at two thirty, we had practice. Coming home from school, a game be on. Come back from now, like game still ain't started yet. Seven thirty, like, yeah. bro, what's going on? Mm-hmm. It, it's it's crazy, but anyways, thank you, Mark. Thank you, yeah. newbie. Thank appreciate you. you. <laughs> and we out.